Amen. Amen. So as I said earlier, we are going to do a two-part message today on being able to approach this New Year's. We all have struggles, right? There's a, each and every single one of us individually has something in our lives that we struggle with. For some, it could be an issue of, of, of lust. For others, it can be a, a, a need of, uh, to, to, to have an insecurity met in their life. For many Americans, though, a lot of us struggle with anxiety, with fears, with a, a, a fear of failure or of approaching the unknown. You know, my wife and I, we're no stranger to these kinds of struggles in life. I think sometimes a facade that can, that can sometimes uh, be not right is to assume that just because you're in a position of leadership, maybe because you're a pastor or a seminary professor or the likes, that because of that, um, you've worked out all your issues in life. That's far from the case. The reality is, is that if you have breath in your lungs, then most likely there is something in your life that the Lord is working on with you. You know, I asked my wife for permission if I could share one of the things that she's working on in her life. And one of those things that my wife is working on in particular is being able to overcome her anxieties. Now, in a world where the media at great length has, has brought to attention every single thing that is wrong, it's been difficult, to say the least. It's been difficult. Oh, there we go. I figured my mic wasn't working right. You guys hear me okay? <laughs> it's been difficult to say the least. Some of you are like, yeah, we hear you really good. It's been difficult to say the least in dealing with some of these anxieties. Well, this past year, my wife bought this little trinket, if you will, just this little bracelet that she wears every day. It wasn't expensive. I think it only costed her, it only cost her around $5. But on this little bracelet, there's two reminders, and one of them is this little cross, and I'm sure it's hard for you guys to see, but there's a little cross here that reminds her of Jesus' sacrifice for her. And then these words that are written that says, He knows my name. And when my wife is feeling anxious, she looks down at her bracelet and she reads those words and looks at this cross and is reminded that the Lord of glory, the Lord who created the heavens and the earth, the Lord that put all of these things into order, that lived a life and lived it sacrificially, that that same Lord and God and King knows her name. And when she looks down and sees this, it brings comfort to her soul because it is a truth. You see, anytime we have a struggle in life, whether it's depression, fear, anxiety, or the likes, in reality, we're listening to a lie in that moment. And we need to be able to fight those lies with what? With the truth of God. 
In today's message, we're going to be looking at an important memorial in the history of the people of Israel, specifically that comes out of the book of Joshua in chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open up to Joshua chapter 4 as we spend the bulk of our time in that area of scripture. Now we'll be jumping around a little bit and I'll be doing my best to put some of the scripture verses on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, you can always open up your phone and uh, download the Bible app and read along there. But we will have many of the verses on the screen. Joshua 4.1 says this, though, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, now this is really important, this, this crossing the Jordan, I'll get back to it. The Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one for each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So let me give you a little bit of context here and what's happening and why I said it was so important that the people of Israel are crossing the Jordan. If you don't know what's happening, um, the book of Genesis kind of lays out this promise to God's people that starts with Abraham that God is going to make the people of Israel into a nation called Israel. And this promise starts to make its way through, but in reality, they don't get there. Generations pass by, and they don't get to see the fruition of this promise happening in their lives. It gets so bad that the people of Israel, the Jewish people, are literally enslaved in the land of Egypt. And if you ever take the time to read the book of Exodus, you learn of how God literally rescues the people out of Egypt. But even after they're rescued and brought out of the land of Egypt, the people are still wandering around the desert for year after year after year, trying to bring themselves to God's promised land. A generation goes by, and a whole generation of people pass away when this moment ends up happening. God miraculously parts the the rivers, and the people are able to cross Jordan. Now, this is a big deal because what that meant was is that God was supernaturally, literally allowing the people to cross over into a land that was promised to them generations and generations ago. Now, this is sometimes hard for us, right? We might hear a word spoken, we might read something through Scripture, or maybe God gives us a prophetic word that He's spoken into our lives, and we cling on to that. With great excitement, we become happy to know that God is literally speaking to us, and we know that He's doing that, but yet we don't see the fruits of what He's speaking to us happen instantly, right? That's a common narrative for all of us, where maybe God tells us something, or He calls us to something, and we get this vision or this picture of what this is going to look like, but it doesn't happen instantly for us. 
And because of that, it leads us into discouragement. This would have been a similar situation for the people of Israel. But I think something so important is going on here that I think if you take notice of it, it will impact your life in a positive way as you approach this new year of 2021. And what is that? This whole idea of God choosing, asking Joshua to choose 12 men from among the people to take these stones up and to make a memorial. Why is it that this is important here? What is God trying to get at in this moment? You see, the truth is, is, is that if God makes a promise, He will keep that promise. And in this moment, He is keeping the promise that He made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that the people would one day cross over into the land of Jordan and that he would establish a nation there. And what he's trying to do for these people in this moment is he's trying to create a memorial of goodness in their life to remind them of what he was able to accomplish in and through them. This leads me to my first point that I'll be making today for you guys, and that is to take inventory of the good moments of life. You see, why is God asking them to set up this memorial? Think about that. Why do you think God is asking them to set up this memorial? Because he wants them in this moment to take inventory of the goodness that God is bringing for them. You see, I think we as people, we are prone to forget what God has done in our lives. This is so important, church, for each of us to understand. Is that each and every single one of us, whether we like to admit it or not, we're prone to forget the goodness of what God has done in our lives. Let me just speak this over you because it is a true reality. That you, if you claim the name of Christ, if you've accepted the Lord into your life, that is the greatest work of goodness happening in your life. It is so good that it should in some ways cause you to jump up with joy every single day at the truth and the reality that the Lord has brought salvation to your soul, that he has brought forgiveness in your life, that he has literally bridged the gap that separated you from God, that you can have a relationship with him. You know, I'm probably speaking this to you right now, and I'm reminding you of something, right? I'm reminding you of God's goodness. But because the way the world works, where because we live in a fallen world, we tend to forget these truths. Or because of the work of time, these truths end up not having the same impact that it once did in our youth. So because of that, it's easy for us to forget and to become jaded and to not think and realize that God does good things for his people. So in this moment, 
when God is calling Joshua to take these 12 men in order to set up a memorial, what is he doing for them? He's reminding them that he fulfilled a promise in their life and that what happened in these moments was something miraculous and good. It was God showing up for the people of Israel. You know, this is why I believe the church is so important. You know, obviously we're experiencing a new dynamic here where I think we literally have more people right now streaming us than we do have in attendance here when I was checking the numbers out before service. You know, some of that might just be, it's a, it's a stormy day. But another reality is, is that 2020 has thrown us some curveballs. I kind of jokingly tell people when they ask me how 2020 is going, and I tell them, my job is literally to gather people together in a room. What do you think? (laughs) But the church is so important because the church in and of itself represents a memorial of God's goodness. You see, each and every single one of you, if you claim to the name of Christ, and if you allow God to be the king of your life, then that means that you represent in yourself a memorial of God's goodness to the world and to each other in this church. Which means that when I get to do life with you, when I get to hang out with you, and we get to be in the company of each other, that there is memorials of goodness that is shining out of your life and into mine, and vice versa. We uniquely have the opportunity to share our goodness that God has done in our lives with each other. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You see, when we're a church gathered together, these are the kinds of things that we get to do. Last week, I talked about how um, I enjoy running, right? And that's been a huge part of my life other than when I got hit by a car last month. (laughs) I haven't been doing too much running lately. But I remember when I was first getting started with running, I, I, I had a running partner, Right? And I don't know if any of you have, have ever been a runner, have had a gym buddy or a running partner, but usually this is how it goes. You, you meet together and you kind of say you're going to do a certain amount of distance, maybe it's going to be three miles or, or whatever, and you start running. And I remember when I was, when I was doing this, especially in the early days of, of doing it, I wouldn't want to show any weakness to my running partner, so I would pretend like everything was good. But on the inside, I'd be dying and begging for the person to slow down. But what's funny is, is usually the other person's feeling the same exact way. They're looking at you and they're thinking, oh man, this person's got some, some, some lungs in him. He's got some legs in him. I'm not going to show him my weakness, so I'm going to keep on making it seem like I'm good. And every single time, it's, it, it, it makes me laugh because the reality is, is that, that you're both hurting, you're both struggling, but just by being in presence with one another, you end up running farther and faster than you did on your own. You see, there's this natural 
state of existence that happens when you're with community with each other, where you naturally sharpen each other through the gathering of God's people. This is why I think it's so important for us as a church to gather together. And while we thank the Lord that we've been able to create other avenues for people to to find us online, we realize that if all you're doing is watching our sermons online, I would say that that isn't enough. You need to be able to be invested in community because it's through community that you're going to grow and sharpen each other to a better end. Amen? (laughs) Amen. I want to encourage you today especially for each of you to be able to take time to identify the areas of your own life where God has showed up. Have you done that? I think right now is a really good season of the year to be able to do that, to literally write down how God has showed up in your life. Because if you don't, it's so easy to fall into a place of pessimism where you wonder where God is. Let's keep reading on verse 4. So Joshua 4.4, it says, So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a what? As a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. The stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. My second point for today is to set your own memorials. To set your own memorials. The word here for memorial that is being used, or, or sign that's being used in Hebrew is, is off. And it, and it most likely means a signal, a flag, a beacon, a monument, an evidence. So when... I'm asking you to set up a memorial in your life. What I'm saying is create something in your home, something in your own life, something in the way that you create your rhythm where you can remember what God has done for you. I can't express this enough, church. Don't let time go by in such a way where you end up forgetting what God has done for you. The Lord is moving. He is working. And the more time that we let go by from those moments of life where the Lord put his hand on us, the easier it is to fall into a rhythm of instead focusing on everything that we don't have, everything that we feel like the Lord hasn't showed up in. 
when I take the time to think about, and I, you know, one of the ways that I do that is through journal writing, when I take the time to read my journals and to think about what God has done for me, I'm amazed. You know, just even before uh, this sermon, this morning, I decided, you know what, I was going to reread some of my journals, and I was rereading an entry from 2012 where I was writing about how I don't know how the Lord's going to work all these, these things out. I don't know how God's going to be able to provide for us to go to Colorado. I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford seminary school. I don't know, you know, if, if I have what it takes for the, to, to become a pastor and all these other things. And, you know, I look at that and I laugh. Because God showed up in every single one of those ways. He made a way for us to go to Colorado. He made a way for us to go to seminary school, to do that debt-free. He made a way for, for, for me to get into pastoral ministry again after not being sure if that was what God was calling me to. And it's like time after time, God makes a way. And you know, it was funny because when I was reading it, I was seeing fear and fear and fear fear and fear as I was reading my journal. And I want to, you know, if I could, I'd go back in time and just slap myself a little bit. <laughs> because I, I, I realize now how much my faith has grown. You know, chances are your faith is stronger, one, if you've allowed the Holy Spirit to minister in your life, but your, your faith, if, if you've done that, your faith is most likely stronger than, than who you were a year ago, let alone five or ten years ago. But sometimes we fail to recognize that because we forget what God has done. Something that I'm grateful for is that I was, I was reading that journal entry. I wrote something in there that I remember God speaking to me in that time. And one of the things that he spoke to me in that time was he said that your storehouses will be full. Now, that, I, that did not mean I became a millionaire. <laughs> but what that meant, and I celebrate and praise God for it, was that I had food on my table every day. That I ultimately never went without that I was always able to make rent. Now, rent was $750 a month back then. <laughs> it's a little bit more of a work of God in today's culture in Denver, right? <laughs> but the Lord provided, and he made ways. And the truth is, is that if I didn't write those moments down, if I didn't create my own memorials of life, those would easily be lost to time. What things in your own life has God done? What's one way that you can create a memorial to that? We're going to talk about some ways that you can do that later on. But Psalm 77, 11, which is what was our scripture reading today, specifically says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. So even Scripture itself is, is encouraging us to remember the deeds that the Lord has done, even the things that happened before our lives. 
church family, I want to remind you in this season to make a choice to remember what God has done because each and every single one of us is prone to forget. We are prone to forget. Joshua 4, 8 closes out with these moments. It says, So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. My last point is to include others in the process. To include others in the process. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that Think about what God did in this moment as he was asking the Israelites to create a memorial. Does he specifically tell Joshua to do all of it? No. Yeah, good job. No. What does he do? He tells every single member of the tribes of Israel. What does that represent? That represents the whole nation so that every single family in every single one of the nation, or one of the twelve tribes of Israel, over one nation, would have a claim in this story. That there would be no one that could say in any one of the families that we weren't a part of God's miracle. I believe that the Lord wants us to include others in the process because by doing that, we're giving them the opportunity to realize that you are a part of the story. You know, that's something that we as a church, I think that that's something that we need to grow in. That's something that I think our church needs to do a better job of. And this isn't just because I'm trying to beat up this church. In reality, a lot of churches struggle with this. And what I'm trying to say here is, is that we as a church need to celebrate collectively the things that God does in this place. I think so often it's easy to think that the leaders are the ones that are accomplishing the work of God, but in reality it's the people. Whether it's through the giving that you do that helps support our ministry, or whether it's literally being the hands and feet of Jesus in the ways that many of you have served. We as a church, we need to remember just how God has been good to us. This last year, I, think, I can think of a, a host of things that God has done in this church. You know, at least we forget the fact that the Lord has blessed us to be able to keep our lights on, to continue to do what we're doing here week after week. These are moments in our lives where we're going to thank God. You know, that idea of creating a beacon from the original Hebrew means that we need something in our rhythm to continuously remind us so that when we have moments of doubt, we can look at that and take hope again. I'm a comic book loving guy and I like 
I like Batman. <laughs> so when I, when I think of this, I, I think of the bat signal going up, you know? I'm probably losing most of you, but... <laughs> I think of beacons of hope in creating that in my own life. And I want to do that better, and I, I pray that in this year, you would do it better. But just remember this, though, that including others in the process means doing work. Chances are that the Israelite people were probably tired and they were ready to just move on to what God had for them. But he stopped them in that moment because he recognized the importance of this situation and he did not want it to be forgotten. So in a similar way, when God does something good in your life, create a habit to be able to recognize that goodness and to create some sort of memorial of truth so that when the lies of the enemy come in, you have that memorial of truth that you can look to to fight the lies of the enemy and stay focused on what God is calling you to do and to accomplish. If you are a parent especially, I know some of you have, have children that are in their 50s, right, who are parents of parents. But there are many other us that, that have little ones who make their presence known when we come in on Sunday mornings. It's so important for them to see in us living out these truths and to include them in the process. Because we're hopefully by doing that, helping our next generation focus on the goodness of God versus all that's wrong with this world and everything that goes wrong. So my final encouragement for you today, my application that I'd like for you to take the time for this week is to take time this week, and we'll put this on the screen, take time this week to create a memorial to God of his goodness in your life. And just a few suggestions of how you can do that is you can maybe create a prayer jar where you write down a prayer and every time that prayer is fulfilled, you put it in a jar or you put it somewhere visible to remind you that God fulfilled that prayer. Maybe you can buy like a little trinket like what my wife bought in a bracelet, something that reminds her that he knows my name. Another thing that you can do is something that I like doing, and that's to journal. Or maybe you can take a photo of something that the Lord has done in your life and throw it on the fridge when it happens. But something to recognize in this season of life, or if you need to, in the past seasons of life, of God's goodness, and that God is faithful to his people. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Abel. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much that you speak these truths to us, that, that, that you call us to take the time out of our days and our, out of our life to set up these memorials of truth. Lord, we realize that we live in a fallen world, a broken world that so often tries to push us into the negative. 
And I just ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, that if there's anybody here who has been doubting that, doubting their call, doubting their ministry, doubting whatever it is, the promises that you have spoken into into their lives, I pray that they would remember, Lord, all the other times that you showed up. And that through doing that, you would help build their faith. Because Lord, it's when we do these things that we can hold firm and hold steady to what you are calling us to. Lord, I pray that in 2021, that you would give us this strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.